Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? I'm Egbert, the owner of this station. Check out my website at Egbert.com. That's E-G-G-B-U-R-T, Egbert.com. Now it's back to Brad and John. Check out their website at BJShow.co. The BJ Show? Come on, guys. Anyway, here's B and J. Check it out every day. We chop up the show. We put it up there. You can find it in the podcast. There's a little podcast. Uh, I don't want to call it a little, a little widget, something like that, that you can look at all the different podcasts. And then if you go down further in the blog post, you can see that particular day show a little bit of recap, tells you what all the segments were. John always does. And the reason nice job is I put the stuff in. Then John goes in and cleans it up and makes it all look good, right? <laughs> I, I add a link or two. And occasionally... I might fix a typo. You know, that's kind of my obsessive compulsive thing, Brad. I got to if I if I see a punctuation thing or a word spelled wrong, I got to fix it. I can't rest until I fix it. And I do appreciate that. Okay. The Dr. Phil thing. Dr. Phil has come out really with guns blazing on the immigration thing. Have you seen this recently? Yeah, Brad? I have. And let's and let's also pair this up too. He has also said some remarkably sensible things about COVID. Yeah, was interesting as well too. I mean, I'm going like, okay, for a while, Doctor Phil was like, you know, I used to, I used to be able to do Doctor Phil real well. I lost my impression, but <laughs> you know, he got to the point where, if you know the whole story behind Doctor Phil, he came to prominence when he was a regular guest on the Oprah show. He, you know, he was one of Oprah's, uh, you know, fans. Or, or she loved Doctor Phil, and then he spun off his own show, sort of like the Doctor Oz kind of thing. And he sort of stayed away from. I guess you could call it mainline politics, but man, he's in the news yeah. big time. Matter of fact, he's saying enough is enough with the crime wave caused by illegal immigration. And it's to the point where it's like, okay, I guess when Dr. Phil gets upset, people are finally going, eh, things are really bad, right? <laughs> well, and you know, and, and this is, you know what, you know what they say, what, par- what parents and teachers say, Brad, which is like a teachable moment. When I see someone that originated from a source like Oprah Winfrey, my knee-jerk reaction is, oh, good grief. They're going to be parroting whatever pharma narrative or liberal narrative there is out there. They're not going to say anything interesting. But it's a good example of the fact that sometimes people that are in that celebrity realm on occasion do say some things with merit. Right. And he's he's essentially, uh, matter of fact, uh, it's interesting. He was specifically responding to, I'll read this, uh, to a viral TikTok video of an illegal immigrant holding a baby who said the child, quote, purportedly an American citizen is his gold mine to shirk work and benefit from subsidies. So essentially, and, and what's interesting is a lot of people don't realize, but we are one of the few countries in the world that has the immigration system we have, and essentially one of the interesting aspects is what, what they call the anchor baby. And the yes. anchor baby, meaning that like if if John was from Honduras and he met and he brought his his wife from Honduras, and once they crossed the, and let's say said she was eight months pregnant, and they cross the American border, they come into Phoenix, and at nine months, uh, John's wife gives birth, that baby is an American citizen. So you can see the problem right away that even though John and his wife, I'm giving you, you know, 
you know, a hypothetical, you and your wife, uh, even though you're not American citizens, you have a son who is an American citizen or a daughter, whichever the one the baby is. And uh, boy, I'm getting, getting in trouble with KWMU, aren't I? I'm essentially saying it's either. <laughs> You're suggesting that only men and women can procreate, Brad. And I'm suggesting. And, and you know, the guys that were on St. Louis on the air yesterday would be very upset about that. And I'm suggesting it's either a boy or a girl, right? So it's, You are. <laughs> and other... Brad, and, and to get back to the work thing for one second, though, we talked about how this guy was talking about how the baby is this gold mine. I was watching a video last night that was doing a little bit of research here, and it was about, uh, it was about Bear's layoff program and Bear's whole uh, dynamic shared ownership branding of their layoff program and they were talking about the German Works Council and the point is I dealt with the German Works Council and 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 I didn't deal with them directly but colleagues of mine did when we were going through some some previous layoffs and things of that regard and we were building our messaging around this and the point is countries like Germany say hey a hey company if you are going to lay anybody off you better lay off Americans before you lay off Germans and if you're going to bring some of those Americans over to here to Germany, you're going to tell us exactly how many days they're going to be in the country. And if – did you know this, Brad, the idea of a trailing spouse in some of these countries? Are you familiar with this concept? I've heard that. Give me a little bit more information on it. So as an example, I had, I had a, a friend – from the United States that went over to Germany to work for Bayer and their spouse is called a trailing spouse. If you go over there to work and, and your spouse isn't, isn't theirs expressly to work that your spouse cannot get a full-time job in Germany. Did you know that Brad? Oh yeah. Yeah. I did know there. And it's, I mean, I had no idea and maybe I'm naive, but I had no idea that your spouse can't just go out and get a full-time job. Now they can, which of course leads the, leads the trailing spouse to, you know, maybe be around the house and raise the kids or do whatever you need to do. But the German government places a priority on protecting jobs and its economic security for its own citizens. Isn't that amazing? It's, see, it's, see, that's the point I made about the United States has this very, very, yes. very open immigration system, whereas in other countries, I mean, like, you can't even become, a matter of fact, there, there are some countries where the only way you can become a citizen of that country is by making a large donation to that country. And, yeah. and, you know, and if you think I'm kidding, there are a lot of it's rich true. people that decide, I'm tired of the United States. I want to move to, I'm just going to throw out a country, Belize, okay? If you yeah. kind of become a Belize citizen, and I, that, that's a bad example because I don't know if that's true or not, but there are certain countries around the around the world that essentially say, you want to become a, a citizen of this country? It'll cost you a million dollars. And and you're going like, oh, no, hold on a minute now. <laughs> you know, if I if I was someone uh, from uh, any other country in the United States, in the, in the world, and would decide I want to become a, a citizen of the United States, it does doesn't cost me anything because of the yeah, fact. Yeah, you, well, you just come and you know. Hopefully, you could show up with a woman that's eight months pregnant, and you could have an anchor <laughs> baby. I got a soft doctor, Phil. Though I, I interrupted you, Brad. No, no, no. I, I just think it's fascinating. He's come out for this, and I think the interesting part of this is that I don't know if you know know what's happening on Thursday. This is sort of interesting. Do you know the dueling the dueling uh, border stories that are happening on Thursday? Oh yeah, so both Trump and Biden will be at the border, right? Yes, it's bizarre. It's like it's like I think Trump is in Eagle Pass, and and Biden is somewhat west of that. Exactly, I don't know exactly where they're at, but it's like to the point where like okay, finally, finally, you know, I mean, now yeah. Trump. Now you know, going back to Trump, once again, go back to 2016. What did he get? You know, 
applauded uh, about and at the same kind, same time derided about the fact that he's going to build the wall. You know, right. And matter of fact, there's a famous news story. I don't know if you know this or not. That's been covered recently. Uh, supposedly, this is there's a hole in the wall somewhere near San Diego. Have you heard this story? Uh, no, I haven't heard the story. Okay, there's a hole in the wall that literally has someone, you know, has has broken a hole through the wall, and this has become very, very, very well known to the point where over the past week, I think if you look this up, over the past week you can see numerous news crews who've driven to this spot along the American-Mexican border. I believe it's 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 east of San Diego. I'll see if I can dig it up uh, maybe before we get off the air here. And they have gone and covered it. Once again, numerous n- news crews. So in other words... If you're watching the news, you're, <laughs> you know, anybody can watch the news and think, oh, my God, there's a hole there. Don't you think the government would say, hey, uh, let's go fix that hole? No, they won't. because Of, of course f- not. What, what I love are when we get real, objective, factual anecdotes, like when, when Dr. Bob was on and he was talking about the number of illegals that come in in every given day or week or whatever it was and how that could fill the population of O'Fallon. And I also like how, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if it was Senator Schmidt or Congressman Burleson was talking about how much money we spend, we give to Ukraine in, in any given day and how much of that could, could be, how, how many more border agents we could put on the border for what we send to Ukraine in a day. Well, I mean, the interesting thing about it is sometimes, and you know this with what you do with your public, uh, hold on my phones going there with your public relations career whatever you want to call it when you were with bear monsanto uh, a lot of this is just to the point where it's like okay it's awareness type type thing and how you're trying to essentially spin the story and i have never understood why in the world the democrats have just sort of you know especially with biden administration you know just turned a blind eye to the border. And I think the other problem that I have is that when, if you go back, and I, once again, I'm going to say, you, Brad, you're an old guy. Back in the day when the immigrants came to the United States, for the most part, the Eastern Europeans, the Western Europeans, and from all over the world, they wanted to become Americanized. That was what they wanted. They wanted yes, to, they wanted to exactly assimilate. Right, they wanted to be, I mean, I have friends of mine that, that you know, through the years uh, of several Italian friends that their mother or, you know, their their grandfather uh, and grandma, matter of fact, I know someone who's a, I won't call her out on this, but I have someone uh, that's a client on this very radio station. Their father immigrated from Greece. And, you know, technically they are first generation. In fact, both her mother and father immigrated from Greece, and she's technically first generation as far as, uh, you know, a natural born American. And she talks about all the time about her father wanted to become an American. He wanted to have American ways. At the same point in time, he wanted to still respect his culture from Greece, speak the language, which she does, and uh, still have that, you know, uh, pay homage to where they came from. But the fact is, they're Americans now. And there seems to be more and more of the fact that you see this happening in Michigan with a lot of the Islamics uh, in Michigan who really don't want to assimilate. They want to create their own little area. Now, I get it. That's just the way things are. We have the Hill in St. Louis. You have other parts of the country where they have what they call, you know, Chinatown. And, and, right. and, sure. and even to the point where in South City, we have a couple other ethnic ethnic groups, ethnic nationality groups. We yeah, have the Bo- when, Remember when the Bosnians came the in Bosnians, in the 90s and it was a big deal? We 
have Vietnamese as well, too. And for the most part, you know, I mean, you don't hear too many problems with those communities. You don't. And the difference is, is in the 90s and then still with, with some of these ethnic groups, the, the embrace of assimilation. And if you consider cultural assimilation to be a dirty word and an offense to your original culture, then you will not want to assimilate. Then you will not want to learn the English language. You will think it's okay for professional athletes to kneel for the national anthem and intentionally disrespect our country. Or, but if you focus on assimilation and you think, I can maintain, can you maintain your cultural identity and still assimilate and identify as an American? And the people that grew up on the hill would say yes. The Irish and Germans and Italians in St. Louis would say yes. Exactly. Many of the Bosnians that came here in the 90s would say yes. But today it seems a little different, doesn't it, Brad? Well, I, I, I once again I come from a, a respect, you know, from a family that my father uh, is first generation American. His father was, you yep. know, an illegal immigrant. I'm second generation American, my father's side. But once more importantly, you know, all my all my heritage is German. They wanted to become Americans. They wanted to speak English. They wanted to learn the language. They wanted to become. Like my great aunt ran a bar in North City that I've told stories about before. <laughs> you know, I mean my. Uh, my grandfather was an attorney, uh, you know, who actually worked for the city of St. Louis for a number of years. Did I ever tell you that crazy weird story? No, my, you didn't. My mom used to always, when my, my grandfather, my grandfather on my mother's side died when I was very young. I was only like two years old. And the last couple of years he was alive, he was not in the best of health. And my mom used to go down, uh, he worked at City Hall and he was an attorney for the city of St. Louis. My mom used to go down and take him lunch and they would go out for a walk and they would walk around City Hall, you know, the same City Hall that's right there with, with, back in the day there was no homeless encampment around it, but that's a whole other story. And my mom used to always laugh about the fact that when they were walking around, that there were people that would know who my father, my grandfather was. And they would say, hi, Mr. Winter, how you doing? And my mother used to say, how do you know that person? And my grandfather would say, oh, they sue the city all the time. I see him in court <laughs> all the time. You know, they were people that tripped over sidewalks and stuff like that, you know, and they, they would take the city to court you know stuff like that but you know once again it's i guess i'm just frustrated another frustration i heard this this morning on 97.1 okay and i've been following this the fox school district is talking about going to a four-day school uh, a, a week okay i think this is laziness personified personified i just think it's absolute positive laziness and one of the attributes that the fox people are the fox district officials are promoting is the fact it's going to make it easy for them to recruit teachers of Be course that's the selling because now brad here's where i disagree with you or maybe this is an area of common ground on this i know we're up against the end of the show but here's i think a compromise why don't we just go to a three-day school week? No, I say— And, and I, then a majority of the days of the week, nobody has to work or go to school, Brad. Uh, John, I will— Just a three-day—look, who doesn't want to have a—let's do the <laughs> math here. What is that? I'm not great at math. Who doesn't want to have most of the week be a weekend? John, let Just me, go to school Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Let me pull up a story that I, I, I sent to someone this morning when we were talking about this. There's a study that talked about that— if you go to a six-day school week, it increases the student's retention of information. Six-day school week. 
And there are some countries in the world that do six days a, a week school already. So, yeah, but Brad, how are you gonna how are you gonna get any teachers? You don't think teachers deserve a five day weekend? No, I don't think they deserve a five day. What weekend. What about a six day week? Why, why don't we just have school one day a week? Brad? Once again, it'll be like Sunday school. The teachers that complain about they don't make any money, go to Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is an authority on finance. Go to Dave Ramsey's book. Five classes of millionaires. Teachers are number three, and yet they are. And and real quick, or you can go to johncombest.com and click on this tag called Education Professionals Complaining About the Profession They Chose. Right, and they say they don't make any money, but yet according to Dave Ramsey, who is an authority on this, the millionaires. We can't be millionaires till we get out of here, Brad. We gotta pay bills, right? Third class of millionaires in the United States. There's five classes. Teachers number three. John, talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?